Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today, we are talking about illness or disease or injury. (laughs) Um, And this is a homeopathic podcast. So in homeopathy, I want you all to understand we treat the symptoms. That's the name of our podcast today. Because I have people text me or email or call and they'll say, hey, Sue, I've got all these symptoms. Should I go to the doctor and get a diagnosis? And, you know, um, I just tell them, um, you can if you want to. Otherwise, why don't you give me a couple of weeks and we'll see what we can do. And invariably, at the end of that two weeks, they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how much better I feel or, you know, whatever. So they absolutely know they're on the right track. And I remember one time I had a gal, she contacted me and said that she had ulcerative colitis and she had had already quit her job and she had to plan her trips according to where the nearest bathroom was and all these different things. Anyway, long story short, she said, I have a colonoscopy scheduled and, you know, can you take my case? And I said, well, how about if I take your case, you agree to postpone that colonoscopy for six months. And she said, oh, okay. Anyway, took the case, gave her a remedy. And within three days, she had a perfectly formed stool and she was doing great. I did not know that six months later, she went ahead and had the colonoscopy anyway. Anyway, and she called me. She was so excited. She had said that when the doctors went in, they told her that she used to have cancer, but she no longer has cancer. And anyway, long story short, it's just, it's so amazing what homeopathy can do when you hit the right remedy. And so that's why... I want you to understand that we treat the symptoms. And what are the symptoms? Symptoms are rubrics or things about an illness that stand out. And so once we learn how to actually draw out those symptoms or write them down, the things that are odd and peculiar that you didn't have before the illness, voila, you can find the right remedy. So I'm going to go back and we're going (laughs) to, I'm actually going to read uh, just a few paragraphs here from Hahnemann's uh, this book is uh, Luke de Shepard, Hahnemann Revisited. This is a very, he's a very, very classical homeopath. And it's like I say, we're just going back to the basics here for a few minutes. Like cures like. So when we treat the symptoms, what are we treating? We're using a homeopathic remedy prepared from a substance that when given in raw medicinal, before it's turned into a homeopathic remedy, raw substance, it will create the types of symptoms that the person that's ill has. So this is a quote from Luke de Shepard's book. This is actually chapter three. He says, the foundation of homeopathy is like cures like the principle that a substance which produces certain symptoms in healthy people can cure the same symptoms in the sick. The substance must be administered in very minute doses. Hahnemann arrives, Samuel Hahnemann was the man who first discovered homeopathy. Hahnemann arrived at this conclusion from first-hand experience. At age 35, while translating Cullen's Materia Medica, he was struck by the described method of action of quinine, derived from cinchona or the Peruvian bark. 
The description did not match what Hahnemann, already a master pharmacist, knew about the medicinal action of drugs. So he decided as a true and inquiring physician to put it to himself, to try it on himself. After taking it for several days, he began to experience the episodic fever symptoms of malaria, similar to those for which quinine was prescribed. After he stopped taking the cinchona or china, his symptoms disappeared without affecting his health at all. Soon after he experimented with the other sub- with other substance- substances and came to the same conclusion, a substance can cure the symptoms it induces or like cures like. Now remember, he was a physician, but Hippocrates 5,000 years ago, he also taught that like cures like. So this has been passed down for centuries, okay? Um, so we must admire Hahnemann for his courage and integrity in trying his medicines first on himself. He did, as he did, throughout the, his career. His example has unfortunately never been followed in allopathic medicine, whose experimental drugs are tested first on those whose symptoms are least able to ha- handle them, sick patients. As Hahnemann wrote 200 years ago in his forum, 61, had physicians been capable of reflecting on such sad results of opposed medic- medicinal application, they would have long since found the great truth. The true enduring curative mode must be found in the exact opposite of such an antipathetic treatment of disease symptoms. So he goes on to explain how homeopathy basically works. Like I said, like cures like. Peruvian bark or cinchona, China, uh, will create the symptoms much like malaria. And that is the medicine that it's used to cure. And then he goes on to say that homeopathic remedy works by stimulating the vital force. Ideally, the symptom picture of the remedy's artificial disease matches as closely as possible the symptom picture of the patient's illness. The totality of the patient's symptoms is matched to the unique disease picture of the remedy. It does not make sense to confuse the vital force by stimulating it with one or more remedies. So with, the, with more than one remedy, he goes on to say that you can alternate remedies and they will often complement each other. I know today we use a lot of combination remedies and, you know, homeopathy is basically evolving and we have many, many mindsets as to how to use homeopathy. And we're finding that um, the body seems really, really smart and it will pick up on the particular energy of one remedy in a combination versus trying to read all of them. And so that's that's one of the things that the people get confused about as well. Can I take this combination remedy? It has all these other remedies in it. And it's just like, it seems to work amazingly well. I think the body being so intuitive knows which remedy it needs to read. So with that, how do we know how to treat ourselves, right? Well, we're going to treat the symptoms. Say I come down with a terrible sore throat, headache, whatnot, and so forth, the flu, which seems to be in rampant um, uh, progress these days. <laughs> so it, but there's just anything like I, I'll, I have a friend who came to me and her, she was kicked off her insurance, you know, and she'd been taking medications for MS for 25 years. And it, <laughs> I just looked at her. I'm like, oh my goodness. Anyway, she's doing amazingly well on homeopathy and a few supplements or herbs. So the point is, like cures like. I took her case. I found a remedy that was most like her symptoms, and we went from there. And you can use it for anything. I will say that um, I think it's really important. It doesn't matter which Materia Medica. And when I say Materia Medica, that's a book that has a list of remedies and their provings in it. So when I say their provings, it's the, they have used, they've used 
raw, either raw medicines or they've taken homeopathic remedies until they start to develop the symptoms of a particular illness. They write down, they record all these symptoms and they put them in a materia medica. When they stop taking the remedy or the raw substance, the symptoms go away. So it's really interesting. There's so many materia medicas out there right now. Um, I Obviously, I have my homeopathy for mommy's book that I put together for the simplicity of mothers and others who are not real familiar with homeopathy. Um, and then I did the Beyond Acute Care, which is homeopathy for mommies, but it's a Beyond Acute Care. It's more detailed and gives you a better idea of how to use homeopathy for case taking. But there are, like I said, numerous materia medicas that you can that you can pick up. You can Google homeopathy materia medica, and there's there's so many, and they all have their their good attributes. I like to compare them. I like to, I don't know, it's good reading for me, right? But regardless. They all have the same keynotes, okay? So when I say make yourself familiar with the remedies, make yourself familiar, find the smallest materia medica you can, and you're going to know, you're going to see the most popular homeopathic remedies known to man. Hahnemann, I don't even know how many he proved himself, it, many. And then his students continued his work, and Constantine Herring, and then Kent, and John H. Clark, and Compton Burnett, and there's just numerous doctors that continued Hahnemann's work and they recorded beautifully the results of their provings. So once you find out the most popular homeopathic remedies, study the keynotes. And in my book, we have keynotes in red and blue. And so I just tell people, make yourself familiar with those. And that's going to give you a really good picture of a particular remedy. Um, because when the keynotes are present, it's a remedy you can look at. So like I said, I just encourage people to look at the keynotes, the most famous thing that a particular remedy is famous for, and you just stuff that away in the back of your mind. And then when something comes up, you're going to say, hey, wait a minute, I know that, I know that. And you can go to your, your list of things that you've been studying, and you can see that remedy. But once you understand the keywords or the phrases and the uniqueness of each message from each remedy picture, then the entire picture will become more clear. The language speaks to us of the remedy. Like bryonia, for instance, is always used when someone feels worse for motion. It's, this remedy is so amazing. It's, it's excellent for swollen joints, like especially large joints. It's excellent for dehydration. It's a fantastic flu remedy. It's just, it's such an amazing remedy that anytime someone feels worse for motion, you can always look at bryonia and just see and tweak any of the other symptoms that might be there. Arsenica is always used or looked at at least when someone is restless and yet either can be used for flu. So like arsenicum is restless, Rustox is restless. These are just very, very restless remedies. But where arsenicum is thirsty for small amounts of water, Rustox is thirstless. So those are key points. Those are key words, keynotes of the particular remedies. And they are always true. And that's why people say, oh, I can't remember all this stuff. And it's and then everybody will ask me how I can remember things. And I'm like, seriously, when I was first studying homeopathy, I was so confused. I would try to read. And I, sometimes some of the books I read, I felt like I had to look at the front to see if it was really printed in English because it looked like Greek to me. And I felt so overwhelmed. And my homeopath said, just keep reading. Just keep reading. It's going to sink in. And it was when I actually was able to use a remedy that oh, I get it. It was so amazing to me how a particular remedy would just make someone feel better. So 
like I said, you have to just make yourself familiar with the keynote words and the things that are most popular about a particular remedy. And then when something comes up, you're going to be able to recall that information and pray about it because I'm not kidding you. I know my guardian angel <laughs> helped me so many times to know the exact right remedy to give. I, I do tell the story of my daughter when she had picked up salmonella, which walks into like a typhoid state. And it was so horrible. She was throwing up, throwing up, throwing up. I even walked close to her with a glass of water. She would just start throwing up. I had given her every remedy I could think of. And I called my homeopath and I said, I don't know what to do. I said, I know she's on the verge of severe dehydration. She's going to end up in the hospital on an IV. And he said, um, well, do you have this remedy? And I said, no. He was asking me if I had podophyllum. I said, no. He goes, I'll call the pharmacy. I'll have it shipped overnight and you'll have it in the morning. And I said, thank you, but I don't know if she'll make it that long. And so anyway, as it turned out, I I just stood there in front of her. And as I started to walk away, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I remember something I read. And it was, and I read from, it was James Tyler Kent's lectures on homeopathic materia medica. And I could, and it popped into my head. You tell me that's just intelligence. No, that was a grace, a gift from God, either by my guardian angel, the Holy Ghost, I don't know, popped into my head in, in exact words that if your patient is suffering intensely, give them cystus can. So I did have that in the closet. I went and got it, gave it to my daughter, and instantly she went, she just shuddered. She went, oh, thank you, mom. And she never threw up again. It was like the remedy she needed to stop that downhill slide that she was on. It was just get, she was so worse. After that, she was able to take start taking sips of water. And by the next day, when the pot of phylum did come in the mail, I didn't need it. She was already better. But it was such an amazing remedy that it just pulled her out of her funk. So like I said, just learn the basics about particular remedies. And, you know, <laughs> the sky's the limit. So the thing is, is it's like, just think basic. Do not let your mind get cluttered with details. When the overall picture of a remedy fits the similarity of the illness, it will speak to the body and trigger a cure. So like I said, don't get so focused on a particular remedy. And I used to read in the Materia Medica and I'd start reading the clinicals, all the things that a remedy was good for. And I would just, ah, I would just like go into shock. This remedy is good for so many things. But at the same time, yes, it might be good for all those things, but do not worry about those things. Look at the causative factors. In other words, what causes a need for this particular remedy? Is it shock? Is it overstudy? Is it exhaustion? Is it um, strain? You know, there's different reasons that a, a remedy might be needed, whether, you know, it's caused injury or shock or whatever. But if you memorize the keynotes, it's so amazing how that particular remedy, you can look, say, would I use this remedy for this? And then you can look at the clinicals and say, yeah, it's listed. It's so amazing. I just love it. So like I said, do not let your mind get cluttered with all the details of a remedy. Just learn the keynotes. There are obvious reasons, like I said, to seek professional care of an allopathic physician on occasion, like broken bones that have to be set or lacerations that have to be stitched back together. But in, for the most part, even if you have a chronic ailment or children with behavioral issues or possibly even an acute illness that you haven't been able to get under control, you know, you can seek a homeopath. An experienced homeopath um, can help alleviate these, even the deeper chronic or psychological issues very, very quickly. But 
if you can't find a homeopath, <laughs> which makes me sad. You can always email us at info at homeopathyformommies.com. And we do have a few suggested resources to help you find a good homeopath. Um, and, you know, like I said, and the thing about homeopaths is they are, they're like doctors, but they all have, they're humans and they each have their, their, I won't say their specialty because they're all trained in classical homeopathy, but they, um, you know, sometimes personalities just clash. Okay. So don't be afraid to interview a homeopath and say, ah, oh, you know, our belief system is so different. Just ask them for a homeopath, maybe that has more of your same belief system. And when I say belief system, like all other humans, sometimes you have homeopaths that are extremely liberal. Sometimes you have some that are extremely conservative. And a lot of times their way of doing things will be a little bit different. And so you have to be happy with um, that personality that you're working with because it's, um, it is a hard fit sometimes. Um, and I just can't, I won't, you know, someone who is extremely professional, you're not going to sense that, but sometimes it comes through. And so just be aware of it because homeopaths, like I said, are human <laughs> and that's the good and the bad of it. Okay. So I just wanted to just throw that in there because it is important that anyone can use homeopathy for the treatment of an acute rem acute illness. A lot of times people who are treating an acute illness will hit it so perfectly that their chronic issues will start to go away. <laughs> and that's the cool part about homeopathy is when you have an acute illness that so matches, you know, that, that chronic picture that that starts to get better. The important thing about choosing a remedy though, is that it will include many, but not all of the physical descriptions. Okay. So when I have an acute or chronic ailment, or have a patient with an acute chronic ailment, especially acute, I usually just pick the three strongest symptoms, like headache at the top of the head or a sore throat that has, say, either burning pain or whatever, the sensation of the headache. I always I pick the three strongest things, and then I will try to match a remedy to that. Sometimes I have a hard time choosing between two remedies because the picture, the symptom picture is so close. So I will take the one that is most what I think, just going on gut feeling, I'll choose the one that I think is probably correct. And I'm like everyone else, sometimes I'm wrong. So then after three, three or four doses in an hour's time of like say a 30 C potency, if they aren't feeling better, I'll switch. But usually within 15, 20 minutes, they'll, I'll ask them, how are you feeling? And they'll say, I think I'm feeling better. It's just that simple. And so then you stay with what's working. And then people will say, well, how do you know when to stop giving a remedy? Or how do you know when to give the next dose? And oddly enough, if it's an acute situation, usually the patient will say, do you think I should take a remedy, that remedy again? That's innate intelligence prompting them to take the remedy again. Because if someone is really sick and they have a good vitality, that remedy will get used up very, very quickly. If it's a chronic illness, ailment, usually the vitality is lower and it takes longer for that remedy to be used up. So like if you're using a 30C, I rarely give a 30C even to a chronic patient more than once a day. So sometimes I'll give it twice a day for a couple of three days, but most of the time I'll just go once a day for a period of time and then we get farther and farther apart. But it's really interesting. You said there's no set rules, but that's kind of a good guideline. So like I said, always look for the area of the pain, the sensation of the pain, um, if they have like mind symptoms, if they, if they say, I don't know, I just, I just feel like I'm stuck and I can't get anywhere. Ask them what they mean by stuck. 
And you'd be surprised. They might actually say, you know, like I'm stuck in the mud. I'm, I'm just spinning my wheels. I'm, I can't move. I can't go any further. They, that's something they might say. They might say something like, I'm just stuck. I can see a light at the end of the tunnel, but I can't get to it. Um, there's different expressions of the human psyche. And oddly enough, there's <laughs> these homeopathic remedies will have statements that are like that, that will be so so word for word. I've, it's, it's actually quite unbelievable that somebody can have the same exact experience in the 200 years later, somebody else can say the same exact thing. And you know, the remedy because it was in the proving it was in the dreams of the people that were doing the proving word for word. And you'll see this over and over again in homeopathy, because I cannot stress enough that homeopathy is natural. These are natural substances that are so dilute that it's just the body's just basically reading it. The, the vitality, the a person's energy is reading the frequency of that particular remedy because all matter has frequency. Okay. Every atom, everything has atomic weight. It has frequency, everything on the universe. If it's matter, it has, has a frequency. And I know a lot of people go freaked out about that, but it's science guys. Okay. And so our bodies, the intelligent, beautiful beings that we are, we read that frequency. That's why when you walk into a room that's just solid marble, ooh, you might even actually get the shutters because the atomic weight is so low and is such a heavy density that it actually brings you down. If you walk into a room that's made of beautiful different woods and architect that that will lift you up and you feel a sense of energy when you walk into that room, you're responding to the material around you. It's absolutely fascinating. And I, I mean, I just love it. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm getting really sidetracked here, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, I'm just, I just want you to understand that if you pick that right remedy, you're going to start feeling better. And so learn the keynote words to each particular remedy, and then don't be afraid to use it. Because even if it's not the right remedy, it's not going to cause harm because it's so dilute that the body's just going to it won't read it. It's not what it needs. But if you find a remedy, you're trying to decide between two remedies, look at the mental state to make help make your decision. So like if you have a child who's angry and throwing things at you, they have teeth aches, they're throwing things at you, um, or a child who has teeth toothaches and they're clingy and they're whiny and they just want to cuddle with you, then you would choose the pulsatilla instead of the chamomile. Chamomile baby is, they might want you to carry them around, but they're going to be angry. And a pulsatilla baby is going to be cuddly and soft and not angry. So choose that mental over the physical because sometimes like physical symptoms can be exactly the same. So go with how they, their, like I said, their mood, so to speak. And then I do have a printable for um, our members as well as, you know, anyone that, um, I don't know if you become a member, we have printables for all of our 200 and some podcasts, but I did put in here just the, the quick start guide, like first, just a reminder to um, learn learn the name of the remedy. Don't be intimidated by the fact that it's in Latin, but just the basic name of the remedy. Memorize the keywords that are in red. Memorize the keywords as best as you can in blue, because those are some of the ailments that that remedy is really good for. An illness, whether it's acute or chronic, if there are too many conflicting symptoms or too many symptoms that are alike, again, choose the mind symptoms over the physical symptoms. And just remember that you're treating the symptoms, not the disease. You do not have to know if a person definitely has strep throat or 
if they are fighting some other virus. You don't have to know that. Is it, do I have influenza A or strep throat or tonsillitis? What do I have? It doesn't matter. You're treating the symptoms. So like if somebody, if they have a sore throat, treat the sensation, shooting, stabbing, radiating pain. It feels like a fishbone. It feels like a lump. You're, that's what you're treating. Okay. Not the disease. Are the ears red? Um, does it hurt when they put pressure on them? All these different things. Just write these symptoms down like cures life. So again, one to three pellets is a dose. Um, you can give it every 10 to 15 minutes for the first hour if the remedy's not helping or if they don't feel like it's helping. Because very often they'll say, oh yeah, I think I feel better. But then their, their fever might spike. That's okay. That's an aggravating symptom that's stirred and triggered the vital force to fight whatever's going on inside. As long as their mind feels like they're getting better, the fever won't last long. It'll Once the body gets a handle on it, it starts fighting. Because the fever, remember, is good. We talked about fevers in our last homeopathic our podcast. Because the fever is what burns off that virus or bacterial infection. So fevers are good so long as they're within obvious you know, within reason, we use homeopathy to keep them tampered down, use the pickle socks if the fever goes too high. But the thing is, is a homeopathic remedy, once it spikes that fever, it'll get control of the illness and then the fever will start to come down naturally in a very short period of time. And I, I will say too, this is a question that a lot of people have all the time. How can I give my animals remedies? Well, you can give your animals remedies in their water. Very often I'll tap them out into my hand and the dogs or whatever will lick them right out. Um, cattle, they can, you can use the olfactory. You can put it in a spray bottle, a clean spray bottle with homeopathic remedies, shake it, succuss it. And you can spray all the cattle in your barn. Just walk down and spray their noses in the olfactory. Their bodies will read the remedy. I usually put it in my animal's water. That way I can monitor real quick for the duration of how long I want them to have um, that remedy. Um, and then they're just going to get a dose three, four times a day, however long they you know, because animals don't drink like people. They didn't walk around with a water bottle sipping. They go to the water and they drink two or three times a day. Um, that's a really good way of doing it. Um, also, for cattle too, they can it, they can be put into any of the mucous membranes, front or back. And then, I don't know. And if you've got a remedy that, that's not working like you think it should, it's okay to play with the potencies. Stop and think. Because people say, well, this, that remedy's not working. It's perfect. It's a perfect match. not working. So... I say, how sick is your patient? And they'll say, oh, really sick. Okay. If that be the case, they say, then go down in potency, give a lower potency, even go into an X potency. If they say, well, he's not that sick, but just, you know, whatever. Then I'll say, then try a higher potency because some people can't read a lower potency because their vitality is so strong and so on fire with health and vitality that they need a higher potency. Um, so it's, you know, that again, potency is not set in stone as to which potency to take. And X potencies are lower than C because it's like the decimal system. X is 10, C is 100, M is 1000. So kind of keep that in mind. You all learn that in school, right? So just remember that's the potencies. And then of course, and then the numbers within the X are higher, lower to higher. And it's in the C, lower numbers are lower than higher numbers. And M, lower numbers are higher than, you know. So just keep that in mind as well. But I don't hesitate to, to use um, different potencies. I had a friend call me and she had a UTI. And she's like, oh my gosh, this I usually take this remedy in 30C and it always helps me. And it's just not working. I said, go down because she had aged many, many years. I says, you know what? Try 30X. And even while we're on the phone, 
she was already feeling better on a 30X instead of her normal 30C. So it depends, like I said, on vitality, our natural vitality or natural physical energy. And again, we know how little kids are so much more energetic than us older people. <laughs> so anyway, I just hope that helps. I just want you to understand that we treat the symptoms. We do not have to know the name of the disease. And there's not there's not a disease on the planet that's that's new, except for the ones that they're making in the labs these days. And even those, like I said, I talked about that in the fever, <laughs> the fever podcast. Even then, we can still chase the symptoms. They might not be exact fits because disease, all the diseases on the planet that we've known, that man has known up until the last three years, okay? But all the diseases have been here since the beginning of time, basically. And we know all the natural uh, elements on the planet. God gives us everything around us to help us cure ourselves. So, and thank you be to all the homeopaths in the world that have kept such good records and such documentation that we know how to use these remedies. And now they're doing synthetic diseases that are new to our body. Like I said, it's like trying to get your computer to use software that it's not compatible. Our bodies don't understand these new synthetic and you know, lab-made diseases. So we're having a harder time using the homeopathic remedies to like cure them, or we can't use the word cure to help the body get over them, but we can chase those disease. We can chase those symptoms. And that's what we do. I know people freak out and they'll say, oh my gosh, this is the new disease that they're going to be putting out or whatever that's coming down the pike. And I'll say, stop panicking, treat the symptoms, just know your remedies and treat the symptoms. And if that symptom picture changes, then use a different remedy and don't be afraid to change. Get your remedies on hand. Um, I think it's important for everybody to have their entire pharmacy on hand. I kid you not. I can't say that strong enough without seeing, um, you know, negative stuff. <laughs> get your get your remedies on hand, folks. It's very, very important so that you have these remedies and they, they'll keep for all time so long as you keep them in a safe, dry place in glass vials and um, don't open them in the presence of strong odor or don't heat them to more than 140 degrees and like don't leave them in your car on a hot day. Just take care of your remedies and your children and your grandchildren for 10 generations. They'll be able to use your homeopathic remedies. So get them on hand, have them in a safe place, have them in an accessible place so that you can treat these sick people. Just treat their symptoms. All right. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.